Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today online here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, I'm surrounded by some of our team and our friends and family here at Rethink Life. And team, won't you give them a round of applause and thank them for joining us today. Hey, as always, it is an honor to have you join with us. And I have a very timely message that I want to share with you today. And before I unpack it, I want to give you the opportunity to click those share buttons. So now would be a perfect time to uh, leverage your circle of influence by inviting people to join you right now online. I just believe that there is a divine appointment. There is somebody that needs to receive this message today. And today is a very uh, special day in that today is actually day 29 of a 30-day prayer dare journey that we have been on throughout this entire month of August. And let me just say that it has been an incredible faith-building life giving experiences. We have just been pressing in and believing God to prepare us, to pave the way, to accomplish something big and great that only He can do. And He wants to invite us to be a part of that process. And can I just say this? Man, if you have not even joined us and you think, well, it's too late. I should have started 29 year, uh, 29 uh, days ago. Well, that's okay. Join us tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and you can be a part of our finale, day 30 of our 30-day prayer dare. It's never too late to start praying and believing God to, intercede, to, to, to act and intercede on our behalf. So, hey, with that in mind, I want to share with you something because as we've been really circling our biggest dreams and our greatest fears over the past 29, now 30 days throughout the month of August, I've been talking with a lot of people who have been sharing with me some of those fears, some of those challenges, and at the same time, some have been sharing some of the goals and aspirations they're still believing God for to be made good here in year 2020. I was talking with a person just actually this past week who was sharing with me, unfortunately, they're going through a very dark season right now. They were reaching out just for a lot of guidance, some encouragement, really just some direction on their next steps. And what was interesting is, as I just listened and as they shared with me their heart and some of the things that was weighing them down, that was creating a lot of stress and really just a lot of fear and uncertainty about their current situation as, as well as even their future, I just paused and I asked them a question that I'll often ask people anytime they're going through a difficult season in their life. And here was the question I simply proposed. I said, let me ask you. I said, have you been praying about your situation and your circumstances? And when that person was listening to the question, there was a pause there for just a moment, and they became very real and transparent. And here's what they said. And if I've said this, excuse me, if I've heard this said once, I've heard it many, many times. And here was their remark. They said, well, unfortunately, no. And here were the four words that stood out to me. I used to pray, but I don't anymore. 
And I thought to myself, wow, you know, those four all-important words can be true in all of our lives. When you think about it, I used to pray. You know, what's interesting is that oftentimes life happens. You know, unforeseen circumstances or situations come against us. And, you know, there are going to be situations and seasons in our lives that do come against us. And and often we get so busy trying to handle matters on our own or try to make things happen or try to force certain doors to open or, or maybe just try to tackle things that are really maybe beyond our ability to tackle. And so often what happens is, is that we become defeated, we get discouraged, And here's what I've learned. I've learned that the enemy will do anything and everything he can to get us defeated to often get us distracted. You know, you may be a you may be a you know, a single adult. You might be maybe a, a couple or maybe some young parents that are watching this today and you know, you're kind of at that place where maybe you're in a season and that season you find yourself in is one that's extremely busy. You know, work demands, you know, things going on with your children, you know, situations and circumstances that right now just kind of has you going seemingly 24/7. It's like you're burning the candle at both ends. And here's what I've come to realize. You know what the word busy stands for? It stands for being under Satan's yoke. And if we're not careful, we can allow the busyness of our lives to suddenly become a massive distraction. And before we know it, we find ourselves going through difficulties and hardships. All of a sudden, we are facing circumstances and obstacles in our lives that often overwhelm us. And before we know it, not only do days go by and weeks go by, but sometimes even months and even years go by where we find ourselves when somebody asks us the question, hey, are you praying about your situation? And our thought or perhaps our response might be, well, unfortunately, I used to pray. Well, here's what I want to challenge you with today. I've learned that no one, after doing this for nearly 30 years, no one drifts towards God. No one just drifts suddenly towards their destiny. No, people who are really desiring to know and to have and to experience God's good and pleasing and perfect will for their lives, guess what? If that's what they desire, they're very intentional about pursuing God each and every day in their lives by spending time with him and his word, by spending time in him, by spending time with him in prayer. And the reason why is because they want God to be first in their life. They want God to be first in their marriage. They want God to be first in their in their children, in their family relationships. They want God to be first in their business, in their job. They want God to be first, and therefore, they're intentional. Why? Because they want, they long for God's good and pleasing and perfect will to be accomplished. And so therefore, we have to pray. We have to press in. We have to ask God to do things that we are unable or incapable of really accomplishing on our own. And so today, what I want to do is I want to pack a story that Jesus told to his disciples. And one day he was gathered with his, with his disciples, and he was really just trying to teach them a very practical and yet simple message and lesson around the importance of continuously praying and not giving up in 
prayer. And we're going to look at the look at the story in Luke chapter 18. So you can follow along with me as I read. And I love this story because it is very simple and practical. But when you think about it, it's going to put fuel in your faith today. It's going to motivate you. It's going to encourage you to pray and to press in unlike you've never prayed before. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus told his disciples, he said, one day, as Jesus told his disciples this story, he said, I want to show you the importance of praying and never giving up. He said, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Well, the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, and I love this, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? It's a very interesting story, and it's interesting in the fact that when you think about it, in biblical times, a courtroom back then is different than perhaps the courthouse that we all are familiar or maybe, you know, associate with, you know, in any major metropolitan city. It's in a beautiful building. That's typically where you find a courthouse where you have, you know, a judge and you have a courtroom. But yet in biblical times, a courtroom was completely different than obviously the courtrooms that we're accustomed to. It's not like, you know, Judge Judy on, you know, TV or something, you know, back in the day in biblical times, it was not necessarily a courtroom, rather it was actually a tent. And so what would happen is the judge would actually take the tent across different parts of the circuit or the territory that he was to preside over, where he acted as judge. And so as they would open the tent, people could come and they could bring their complaints, they could bring their needs or their requests or whatever it was they wanted to present to the judge, they could bring them out wherever the tent, that makeshift portable courtroom was to be set up. And so here what was in, here's what was really was interesting is that you know no one was really allowed inside the tent unless they had been previously approved and accepted. Now, usually a judge would be inside the tent and they would be positioned very much like a king, very honorable, distinguished, very prestigious, very powerful. And they would be surrounded by their so-called legal assistance. 
And so therefore, people who would bring their disputes, would bring their cases to the judge, they would have to get approval. And usually they would run it through one of the assistants. And that's where bribes came in to be. Because they would often pay one of the assistants a bribe. They would negotiate a deal, so to speak, so that they could get the judge's attention. So the assistant would quickly bring the need or bring the case before the judge so that the judge would hear their case. Well, in this story, Jesus is talking about a situation as it relates to a widow. And what's interesting about a widow is this. A widow, unfortunately, had a lot of challenges that worked against them. And here's the reason why. In fact, this specific widow that Jesus was referring to had three obstacles. Number one was just the sheer fact that she was a woman. Now, the reason why that is an obstacle, because in biblical times, you've got to understand in Eastern culture, in that day and time, women were not permitted to be educated. Therefore, they did not have the respect. They did not have the so-called dignity, if you will, to basically be worthy enough to stand before a judge. So therefore, they, they experienced prejudice in that day and age toward women. And not only was she facing that kind of prejudice, but there was another issue. And that, of course, was the fact that she was, a, was not only just a woman, but she was a widow. And because she was a widow, here's, here's an interesting fact. She, if she even had a case that would be heard, she would have to have her husband to stand with her. But obviously, because she was a widow, she didn't have a husband. So she's a woman. She's a widow with no man in her life to stand with her, and therefore, here she is. She's poor, and she's destitute. So therefore, she is on the outside of the tent. But what's interesting is that Scripture tells us that this woman was in a situation where she was somehow, some way able to get the judge's attention because he knew she was there. He could obviously hear her complaints and there was something this woman was doing. And chances are she was creating a commotion because she was demanding attention. She wanted that judge's attention to hear her case because she wanted to be delivered from someone who is bringing oppression to her life. And I just want to say this. I believe that there are some of you who maybe are in a similar situation to this widow, and you find yourself in a desperate situation. And maybe you find in many ways yourself kind of like pushed in a corner where your back is against the wall, and you're needing a miracle in your life. You need God's intervention. And maybe from your perspective, you've prayed, you've asked God, you know, you, you've cried out to God, but for whatever reason, whatever reason, maybe it has kind of fallen on deaf ears. Maybe there's been a season of silence. You seemingly have not gotten any kind of response or answer to your prayers, a remedy to the problem or the situation that you're facing. And you know what? That could be a marriage situation. Maybe you've recently got a bad medical report. You know, it could be a financial challenge where right now you're just feeling the stress and the anxiety of really this, just the fear of the future, the unknown concerning maybe your job. 
You know, it could be a situation where maybe, you know, a spouse has walked out on you, or maybe you have a wayward son or daughter who's just living outside the will of God for their life. It could be a situation or circumstance right now where maybe 2020 has just literally thrown you a curveball. And the reason why is because you had high hopes and aspirations. You had dreams and goals in your heart that you were passionately pursuing, and now you've kind of maybe reached that place in your life where you begin to question whether or not it's even going to materialize. And I don't know what your desperate plight might be. I have no idea maybe what it is that you're facing right now, but just like the widow, you are at a place where you need God to act on your behalf. And I just want to say something to you today, because maybe you're at a place and you've thought countless times, You know, I just don't know that I really even believe in prayer because my track record is I've prayed and nothing has happened. And if that's your situation, if you've kind of come to that place and maybe your attitude is, I don't know, prayer for whatever reason just doesn't seem to work for me, okay? Well, hey, I can relate. We can all relate. Because we've all gone through those seasons or periods in our lives where we feel like I'm praying I'm doing everything the Bible says. You know, I really do have sincere faith. I really am asking God to do these certain things, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be working out for me. Well, I just want to share something with you because I believe there is a reason why Jesus wanted to instruct his disciples that whatever you do, don't give up praying. Whatever you do, don't throw in the towel and quit. And so there are three things I think we can learn from this story. And the first is this. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to jot this down. Number one, and that is we need to shift our perspective. We really do. We need to shift our perspective. I love there in verse two, it says, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. In essence, this judge, this unjust judge, I mean, Honestly, blatantly, he was kind of, he was like heartless. I mean, this guy was cold and callous. He didn't obviously respect people. He didn't fear God. And so here is this judge who really just was somewhat indifferent towards the situations and the circumstances that people were having to face in their lives. And the only agenda this guy seemed to be interested in was his agenda. In fact, he didn't allow the law to set the agenda. He set his own agenda. So he basically picked and chose what cases he felt like was worthy of his time and his attention. And so therefore, maybe your situation is very similar to where maybe when you think about God, you see God as this distant, unrelatable God who's got bigger fish to fry than yours. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, you watch the headline news and you're thinking to yourself, well, man alive, I mean, gosh, you know, God has got you know, natural disasters going on. There's hurricanes, there's fires out in California, there's political unrest. I mean, man, there's, there's, there's looting and riots in this city and murders taking place. And I mean, goodness gracious, there's all kinds of situations and circumstances, pandemics, global pandemic. I mean, it's, you know, obviously my little, my little prayer request. I mean, it's like my just one of millions, you know, that, that, you know, is kind of like take a number and just wait, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's easy to think that God doesn't care 
or God is aloof, or God is maybe just too busy to really be concerned about the specific things that weigh heavy on our hearts. Maybe we're convinced that God, maybe, is just not really concerned about the details of my life. And I just want to share something with you. That is the reason why, if you found yourself maybe at a place of believing that lie, that's why you need to shift your perspective. Because let me share with you some truth. And here's the truth. The truth is, is that we have a loving God. We have a, listen, a relatable God. We have a God who is just and fair and honest and pure. As a matter of fact, we have a God who invites us into his presence. We have a God who longs to be with us. We have a God who wants more than anything to have a close, personal, intimate relationship with you. You know why? Because he knows the hairs literally by number on your head. Now, for some... That's only a couple, you know what I'm saying? But for others, all right, that's a full head of hair, you know what I'm saying? But here's the deal. He knows you intimately. He is acquainted with everything about you. Why? Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows you, and he cares about you, and he loves you, and he wants you to bring whatever it is to him. And here's what's awesome. This is the great reminder. I think sometimes what happens is a lot of times people um, come to that place of desperation and they think, okay, I've tried to pray and I don't know, maybe I don't have the magic wand formula, you know, I haven't got the right, you know, equation figured out here to get God's attention, but man, it's like ricocheting off the ceiling. So I better call that pastor. That pastor, my priest, they got that red phone. They got like a direct line to God. You know what I'm saying? I cannot tell you how many times, you know, I get the phone call. In that phone call, I can already hear the conversation. It's like, Pastor, would you pray for me? And I know where they're coming from. I'm not making light of that. But the point of the matter is, it's as though, hey, you got something I don't have. Well, can I just share with you something that's so important for you to know? When Jesus uttered and breathed his last words, it is finished. Did you know in that very moment, listen to this, according, listen to this, according to Matthew 27, 51, in that very moment when Jesus breathed those last words, it is finished. The Bible says in the temple, the curtain the curtain that separated the people from the very presence of God in the holies, holy of holies was literally torn into from the top to the very bottom. You know what that means? That simply means that we don't have to have a priest. We don't have to have a pastor. We don't have to have anybody else take our request to God. We have direct access to the very presence of God. That simply means we can go to him whenever, wherever, no matter what we have to bring to him. He is there waiting for us. 
to embrace us, to receive whatever it is that weighs heavy on our hearts. I love what Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Wow, what a powerful verse of scripture. And then here's another one. I love this. In Psalm 34 verses 17 through 19, the psalmist says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Man, aren't you thankful we serve a good God? Aren't you thankful we serve a God who is always ready and accessible? He is waiting to receive us. He's inviting us into his presence to bring whatever it is that's weighing us down. So I just want to encourage you to shift your perspective. Don't see God as being too big and too busy, too preoccupied, chasing other things and putting out other fires where you're just kind of the last thing on his mind and last thing on his list. No, 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 no. You're the first thing on his mind and you're the first thing on his list. You know why? Because we serve a sovereign God and he is capable of not just being at all places, but knowing all things, even things that you don't even know about, God is already working on your behalf because he loves you and he cares deeply about you. The second thing that I want to share with you is this. Not only do we need to shift our perspective, but number two, we need to establish a time and a place, and here's the key word, every day to pray. We need to establish a time and a place every day to pray. In fact, in verse three in that story, it says, the widow of that city, notice, came to him repeatedly. So she just didn't go that one day and say, oh, well, I guess he's busy. You know, I guess he doesn't have time. You know, he's not going to hear my situation or circumstance. No, she went repeatedly day after day after day. She was relentless in going to this place because she knew that if she could just go and somehow, some way she could get his attention, somehow, some way she was going to eventually get through to that judge. And that's exactly what she did. It was because of her consistency and because of her persistence that eventually got that judge attention. Now, here's what I know. I know that whatever it was that was motivating her to go to that judge repeatedly every single day was something that was weighing heavy on her. And what the scripture says is that she was wanting justice because of an enemy, because of an oppressor, because of somebody who perhaps was bringing hurt or maybe hardship to her life. She was in a desperate situation. Again, she was a widow. She was poor. She was destitute. She had no, really no support. There was, there was nothing to help her. And so she was desperate. And I just want you to know, listen, we are all fragile and frail individuals. We need God's help. And I'm here to tell you, we have a real enemy, the Bible says, who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. We have a real enemy that wants to get us defeated and distracted and discouraged. And there are going to be situations and circumstances because we live in a fallen world. I hear people say all the time, well, if God is a God of love and God is such a fair God, then why are all of these horrific things taking place? Why can't just God just fix it all? It's because we live in a broken world 
And the only hope, the only cure, the only solution that we have, the only answer is found in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so therefore, until the world comes to know Jesus, we're always going to be dealing with hurts and hang-ups and destructive habits. There are going to be situations and circumstances that sabotage our lives. And that's the reason why the enemy works so hard around the clock. He doesn't take vacations. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't take a sabbatical. He, you know, he doesn't check out on the weekends. No, no, no. He intensifies his efforts. He's looking for strategies to take us out. We were talking just recently with our family. In fact, um, Michelle and I, we actually have multiple group texts that we're in, just specifically with different members of our family. We've kind of broken them down and we've labeled them by names. So we actually have one group text that encompasses all of Michelle's side of the family. We're talking about all of her sisters and nieces and nephews. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's in that group text. And then I have three older brothers. And so we're in another group text with my brothers and all of my nieces and nephews. And so, you know, we just are like, and then we have our own immediate family group text. And so we're in all these different group texts. And the reason why we do that is because, in fact, my oldest brother reached out to us recently, and here's what he said. He said, man, God's just put it in my heart. He said, we have multiple generations in this text. And he said, man, we need to keep encouraging one another. He said, man, we're just one generation away from being, you know, you know, being literally being destroyed as, as Christians. And he said, we need to support one another. We need to encourage one another. Man, the devil, he's on a rampage. And what we do is we're always texting Bible verses to each other. We're sharing prayer requests. We're sharing just a, just a word of affirmation. You know why we do that? Because we need one another. We need the support and the help, but listen, we need to be in prayer for one another. And here's the reason why. The reason why is because in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, here's what Paul said. He said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you would be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. And what that means is, is that each and every day, We need to understand that the enemy, our adversary, our oppressor, is strategically trying to think of ways to take us out. Therefore, to counter that, we need to establish a time and a place every day to put on the full armor of God, to set our minds and to set our hearts right so that we are fully prepared to overcome the strategies of the devil. Just like Daniel, I love Daniel. In the book of Daniel, the Bible says he went to his usual place, his usual place every day to pray. And he actually opened the window of his room that overlooked the city of Jerusalem. And he prayed as usual, same place, same time. Jesus modeled that for us. He got up early Every day, he often went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. So pick a time, pick a place every day and put on the full armor of God. Press in and pray. And the reason why we must do that is because just like this widow who repeated, 
repeatedly was taking her case, taking her her concerns, her desperate plight before this judge, she knew that somehow, some way, if she just stayed faithful and persistent, if she just showed up every day, somehow she was going to get that judge's attention. And that's what we needed. We need to show up every day. Say, God, I'm putting on the full armor that you want to dress me and clothe me with so that when I go into the workplace, listen, when my kids go into school, listen, when I go out into the community, I'm going to be prepared and ready. I'm going to be alert. I'm going to have a sound mind. My heart is going to be prepared to stand against whatever it is the enemy wants to use as far as those fiery darts to take me down. I'm going to stand victorious because I've already been with the Father and he's reminded me not just who I am in Christ, but whose I am in Christ and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if God is for us, then who in the world can be against us? So God is with us and he's for us and we need to press in each and every day, have the same time, same place where we pray and ask God to act on our behalf. So here's what we need to do. And by the way, that's why we've been doing 30 days of prayer. Did you know that? Because psychologists tell us that it takes roughly 21 days to do away with old habits and establish new habits. And that's the reason why we've chosen to take 30 days just to set aside this time to pray for the month of August. You know why? So that we can begin to establish that routine of a same time, same place of getting that built into our daily routine and pattern. And you need to do the same thing. It's the reason why we're doing Rethink Life. It's a 40-day experience that we're starting on September the 13th. And the same principle behind it, we're getting the entire church just focusing in on one thing, and that is practicing seven core areas that's going to allow us to shift our perspective, make better choices, and have an even greater impact with our lives. And so I encourage you to join us in this 40-day experience. And then the fourth, excuse me, the third thing is this. So we need to shift our perspective. We need to establish a, a time and a place every day in prayer. And then thirdly, we need to, listen, don't lose heart. I love and there in verse 4, it says, The judge ignored her, ignored this widow for a while. <laughs> but notice, finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me bonkers. Somebody, please do something with this woman. She's driving me cray cray. Man, do something with this lady. And here's what he said. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Man, he was like, whatever this woman wants, give it to her and get her out of here. I want this lady out of my hair. And this woman was relentless. She would not give up. And now here's what Jesus said. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. So I just want to remind you today as we wrap up this time, listen, how much more does our loving heavenly, merciful, compassionate, just, good Father long to bestow 
His goodness on your life, His provision on your life, His protection on your life. That's what God wants to do. And you may be thinking to yourself, Rodney, I appreciate that, and I agree with that. But I'm praying, and I'm pushing in, and I'm really believing God. I have faith. But maybe your mindset right now is, is that I'm praying, but God is not responding. Can I just remind you that just because God is not responding does not mean that God doesn't hear your prayer, nor is God working behind scenes on your, your behalf. If that were not true, then Romans 8.28 would not be in the Bible. What you need to understand and be reminded of is that God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God is answering prayer all the time. Listen, God is at all places at all times. And listen, God is hearing our prayers. But if he's not responding, it might be that in this season of where you're at, maybe he's positioning you and preparing you for what is next in your life. So wherever you're at in the now, be preparing yourself for the next that God wants to fulfill in you and through you in his perfect timing. God's good, pleasing, and perfect will will be fulfilled according to his his greater plans and purposes for your lives. So write this down. Write the word push. And I'll close with this. You say, why push? Because here's what push stands for. Pray until something happens. Whatever you do, keep pushing. Keep praying until something happens. Keep believing. Keep asking. You know what the scripture says in Matthew 7, verse 7? Jesus said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. Our little dog, we have a little Shisu, okay? And um, she is persistent. You know what she does? When we have the door closed, she will come to our door. And here's what she does. She'll get her little claw and she'll start just clawing on the door. She'll just start scratching on the door. And I'll watch her. She'll just scratch and she'll scratch and she'll scratch. She was doing this the other night. Michelle was in the in, in her room and she was reading. She had the door shut, but Bougie wanted to go. That's the dog's name is Bougie. Bougie wanted to go and she was wanting to get inside the room. So she was just scratching on the door. And then she'll get tired and she'll use her left paw and she'll start scratching, start scratching, start scratching. And then she'll switch hands. She'll go back to the other one. She just keeps clawing and keep clawing until we've all had enough. You know what we do? We open the door and let her in. And that's exactly what we need to do. We need to keep pushing. We need to keep asking. We need to keep seeking. We need to keep knocking until God responds and he intercedes on our behalf. Whatever you do, don't bail before the breakthrough. Don't quit in the dip. Keep moving forward and believe in God. Just like that widow until God grants your request. We serve a good God who is a faithful God, and he is acting on our behalf. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, 
I just want to say to you, if you are watching this and receiving this today, that maybe God has challenged you as a, as a believer, maybe as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not that you don't have faith. It's not that you don't believe in God. It's not that, you know, maybe you're even living outside the will of God. It just might be that you're in a season of being defeated or discouraged about some things. And you just need to be reminded today that whatever you do, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't bail before the breakthrough. You keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking. Don't lose heart because God knows your needs. Some of you here today, maybe you've just have had that mindset of God being a distant God. And maybe you just feel like, you know, he's just so far from me. And, you know, I just, I used to pray. Maybe that's where you are today. Maybe your thought and attitude is, you know, I used to pray. I used to try to reach out to God. But can I just say, he's right where he's always been. And as I've stated at the very beginning, people normally don't drift their way towards God. They're intentional. And maybe today you need to take an intentional step towards God today and say, God, I need you in my life. And maybe today, for the first time, you just need to let go and let God take complete control of your life because Jesus died for you and more than anything, He wants a relationship with you. And if that's your need today, would you pray this prayer in your heart? Just say something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today, by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just then, I want you to do me a favor. Would you right now just text that number there on the screen? And what it will do is we'll shoot you a little form. And would you do me a huge favor? Take just a moment, complete that form, and then submit it back to us. And what I'll do is I'm going to send you in return a little PDF that you can download. It's a little booklet that's going to help you begin your new faith journey with Jesus Christ that will give you hope and encouragement and will get you started on the right path. Well, hey, well, listen, we love you. We want you to know we're honored that you've chosen to worship with us today. Again, text that number on the screen. Let us hear from you. Let us pray with you. Send us prayer requests that you have. And we're excited about what God is going to do in you and through you. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.